I am so excited about today's episode. So I have talked about my uh, being a single mom by choice on this podcast. Episode 18 is my journey towards having my son. And episode 36 is advice and reflections on my surviving the first year. In episode 18, I had mentioned that I would be talking with one of the moms of our uh, donor siblings. And unfortunately, that had to get pushed back a bit. But there's a very good reason why. So on today's episode, I will be sitting down and talking with Destiny, and you'll get to hear her story. Hi, welcome to Healthy Wealthy Roots, a podcast about financial wellness, mental health, and parenthood. All right. Hi, Destiny. Hey, how are you? I'm good. So would you like to go ahead and introduce yourself? Uh, Yes, my name is Destiny. I am a single mother by choice and um, I live in Texas. I'm currently 30 years old and I have twins and I'm pregnant with twins again. (laughs) (laughs) So the first time that we were planning to do this, we had no clue that you were going to end up having twins. And so that kind of pushed this interview back for a little bit. Yes. I want um, us to just kind of talk about your process because I've talked about my process already in a previous episode. What made you decide to become a single mom by choice? Um, I just had felt ready, honestly, to be a mom. I knew, I've known since I was younger that I wanted to be a mother, um, but I just always thought I had to wait until I found my person and like did it the traditional way. It wasn't until, I, I don't know if I stumbled across a video or a Facebook post, but I found out about, you know, being able to go the donor route. And when I found out that was an option, I got excited, started doing my research, called my insurance and kind of just jumped into it because I just was so ready. Um, if I had known, I probably would have done it sooner. But it's just I, I just always knew I wanted to be a mom with or without a partner. OK, and similar for me, I've always loved kids so Mm -hmm. it was a no-brainer um how soon between kind of finding out that this was possible and then actually doing it how soon was that Mm, I don't think it took me too long to start I want to see once I found out I did my research for like probably about a month and once I found out that I fortunately had a lot of coverage for the procedures that's when I started uh booking appointments so probably about a month or so okay and that coverage was through your employer or your insurance yeah yeah my employer so my insurance through my employer cool and so what was the process like for you did you do IUI IVF um so I initially started with IUI I 
I did IUIs for like a year and almost two years, basically none of them ever worked. I did have one chemical pregnancy, um, but they just did not stick. Um, I did find out that I had endometriosis and my doctor thinks that the scarring and everything probably weakened my tubes. So he thinks my issue was that my tubes just weren't picking up or grasping the eggs the way they were supposed to when it was time. And that's why it wasn't working. So I did eventually move on to IVF and I had success with IVF on the first try, luckily. Wow, that's awesome. Um, and did you do IVF again for your second pregnancy? Yes, since I already had the embryos made, I just went ahead and did IVF again. And it was also successful the first uh, time around. <laughs> that's very cool. Um, and so our kids are born in 2019. Um, my son is, I think, two months older than the twins. Um, yeah, I and so. yeah, and so you're going to have your second set of twins later on this year, correct? Yes, they're due the fourth of July, but since it's oh twins, it'll probably be just yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it'll probably it's more than likely going to be June. I had the twins a month early, so I'm assuming this set will also probably come around that time frame. Right. I didn't think about this. So we've been calling the first set of twins, the twins. twins. Yeah. <laughs> so what are we going up. to say? <laughs> I have no idea. My mom calls them the boys. And then the first set, the twins, I'm like, it's funny because the second set's going to be identical. So I guess they're more right. twins than the first set. But <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I have to get out of the habit of saying the twins. That's going to be interesting. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, so the way in which we met, I just want to kind of explain that for people listening. When my son was born, I signed up on our Cryobank's sibling registry. Um, I put in his information, his date of birth, and where we live in the hopes of connecting with other siblings. And the reason I wanted to do that, well, I had multiple reasons. As a psychologist, it's um, very clear to me how important connection is. And I know that kids who are donor conceived as well as kids who are adopted, they tend to have a lot of questions about who they are, who their other half is, um, uh, what makes up the family that maybe they did not grow up with. And I wanted him to have connection with that side of him because that was something that I was not going to be able to provide. And another reason is I did not know if I would have any other children. And so I did not know if he would ever have any siblings. And mm -hmm. so when I signed up, I just kind of sat there and waited. And after a little while, you signed up with the twins information. And then we started emailing and then texting and joined each other's social media. And mm -hmm. now we have this private Facebook group for our siblings. And for people listening, our donor now has, including the boys, um, mm -hmm. 12 kids that we know of. Um, so 
we most definitely have siblings. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what made you want to connect with donor sibs? And the reason I'm asking you is because some people don't, and I respect that, mm-hmm. and that's fine. But what what made you decide? Um. Yeah, I, I knew from the beginning it was something I was going to explore because personally, I don't feel like it's my choice. I feel like I I should create the option for my kids to have that connection. So, I mean, obviously we want them to connect and foster a relationship, but at the end of the day, it's up to them to decide if they want to pursue it or not. So I didn't want to close them off to that opportunity, especially because we are raising them alone and they are, you know, it's our decision to go this path without them having that father or bio dad in the picture. So I just wanted to give them other family connections if they so choose to have that option. And then also just for like, you know, medical, see if there's any issues we all have in common to help each other out with. I just think there's a lot of benefits to pursuing connections with the donor siblings out there. And that's actually been a really pertinent point for us because all of the kids, I think maybe except one or two have eczema. Yeah. So yeah, we've been all kind of dealing with that at some point in time. Um, We were hoping to meet up with you guys last year, but then the pandemic happened. COVID, yeah, COVID hit and delayed things. Yep. So my hope is that once the world reorients itself, we'll be able to do that. Now that we have other siblings in the mix, maybe we can all talk about making that happen now that the kids are older. Yeah, I think that would be exciting. Yeah. So people are probably wondering why you're having two sets of twins. Do you want to talk about becoming a twin mom? Uh, Yeah. Uh, Well, I, the first time around I did put in two embryos. Um, They were untested embryos. And because I had such a difficult time conceiving prior, um, I, we, me and my doctor had discussed it and he thought putting in one was fine, but I think once you've been trying to conceive for a while, you get a little more desperate and that's how I felt. I just wanted it to work so bad. And, he, um, so I was just like, I want to put in two, I want to double my chances, even though he said it's the same, it's not really doubling it, but that's just how it felt in my head. So I put in both. And um, they both stuck around. I ended up with my fraternal boy-girl twins. Uh, this time around, I definitely did not want twins because they are very hard in the, the newborn stage. But everything happens for a reason. I put one embryo in and it split. So now I'm having identical boys. But I, I knew I had always wanted three. So I knew I was going to go back and try again. I just got surprised with the fourth. <laughs> yeah. I think you were just destined to be a twin mom and it's kind yeah. of funny because your name is Destiny. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it's funny when I was growing up, my sister used to always say, I just feel it. you're going to have twins. And I was like, I don't know. We'll see. My mom was a twin. Um, and so it just so happens that she was right. I am a twin mom because I'm not having no more. So I'll, I'll probably never experience the singleton experience. Yeah. Um, and you're young, so you're 30 years old now. And I know in the single mom by choice community, there's always discussion about dating and what happens if you meet someone down the line and where are you at with that? Um, since I'm pregnant, I'm not dating, but, um, I know 
I just, it's just a personal preference when I'm pregnant, I'm not dating because I just feel like it takes, I don't have any energy to give to anyone else. However, I know after I had my twins for the first six months, I kind of felt the same way, maybe around like four months or so when they became a little less difficult, I was able to kind of like socialize via like texting and things like that. Um, but I didn't really start dating, dating until like maybe around the six month mark. Uh, for me, I, it's different for, I know other single moms that don't have as much support because you have to pay a babysitter or just whatever you have to do to find time to, to yourself. But I have my mom. So uh, she'd watch them if I needed a date of myself or to go out. So dating, the dating didn't really change for me so much, but I haven't dated anyone new. So it's men that I might've already had in my life. So they're accepting understanding of my situation because I know when you date with kids, it's different than dating without. So um, I haven't like branched out into new men as of yet, but <laughs> I kind of, uh, since I wasn't in anything serious, I wanted to hurt, uh, go ahead and have my final pregnancy and kind of ended all the dating. Okay. And that makes mm-hmm. sense. Yeah. It can mm-hmm. get really complicated. Um, but the good thing for you is that the people in your life kind of understood where you were coming from so that took some of it away you talked about um the twins and how difficult it was in the beginning in the newborn stage do you want to talk about that a little bit yeah I was miserable (laughs) the newborn (laughs) stage is not fun yeah that's uh, you know some people say they prefer the newborn over the toddler like the two-year-old tantrums and things but I prefer the tantrums I'd rather deal with like chasing them and having them scream whatever all day than the newborn stage especially with twins (laughs) because you can't console two babies at once you just can't I mean you can try and sometimes they might get do you a solid and kind of work with you but a lot of the times they just want your undivided attention and you can't give it even now but it's worse when you're they're newborns and they just really truly just do not understand at all so um but yeah it's also they, they weren't they're not on the sleep schedule in the beginning you're a new mom you know you're just trying to survive it's like um they were on different schedules and they were up every like hour to two hours so I was up all night because it was like, as soon as I get one down, I'd maybe sleep for 20 minutes and the other one would be up. Oh I would always have a baby during the day. You know, everyone tells you sleep when the baby sleeps, but if you have twins, you can't do that because the one's always awake until you can get them on a, the same schedule, which is difficult. It's not as easy as it sounds. Mm-hmm. And, um, but it's just really, really hard that the, the lack of sleep in general, as a mom and a being is hard, but when you have two and they're not on the same schedule, it's even worse. So not looking forward to that. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, that newborn stage is hard. They never actually picked up on sleeping. I tried breaking all the sleep crutches and healthy sleep habits and all that kind of stuff. And it just didn't work. They were still up every two hours um, at nine months old. So that's when I sleep trained and it got easy, easier yeah. after that. Yeah. And- And that was one of the benefits to us having a relationship because I remember I was really struggling with my son's sleep and him not wanting to take naps. And you were like, Mm -hmm. okay, well, this is what I did with the kids. And then it worked for him. So 
that was yeah. really cool. Yeah. Yeah. It helped. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and so as a single mom by choice with multiples, what are the things that you absolutely need? Uh, well, obviously my mom, <laughs> honestly, it, it's just, it's a lot. It's a lot. Um, having multiples, having support is like so needed. If not, if you're financially able to, to be able to have like a night nurse or like a nanny come every once in a while or whatever the case may be, just for some type of assistance, because you can do it all on your own. It's just a lot. It's going to be mentally draining um, to do so, but you can, you can do it. I'm not saying you can't, you just got to make sure you prepare. I'm the type of person where I will buy it. if It will make my life even a tiny bit easier. So, um, but yeah, I don't know. I don't, there's not a lot of advice you can give because with twins, you can prepare a lot, but it's just going to boil down to, there's a mental stage you go through as a twin mom where you realize you have to let one cry all the time. Um, and when they're very, very little and they're so tiny and fragile, but you can't get to them both. So not at all the time. So that, that was really hard. Really? So I had not, I mean, I am familiar with multiple moms Mm -hmm. and the struggle, but what was that like for you having to just accept that you cannot do all of it? Uh, It took a while for me to accept it, but I would, there would be moments where I would just lock myself in the restroom and cry because I felt like a bad mom. So I'm like, if I had to give them a bath, one has to scream the entire time. I give one a bath, get that one dressed and whatever, then swap. Now the other one's screaming. And then same with, I had a lot of difficulty with breastfeeding and I had trouble learning to do them both. So in the beginning it was like one and that was a struggle or just, just there's a lot of time. And then a lot of times they got used to when my mom came to help, we were like bouncing and rocking them to sleep which I'm going to try not to do that this time, but we did. And they got used to that. So when I was by myself, that's how they wanted to be put to sleep. And I can only do one at a time. I tried balancing one on my leg and one on my hand, but they both wanted to be over my shoulder and I can't do both (laughs) over the shoulder. And so it was just like, I had to let one scream and scream and scream, but then it's like, well, the one I'm holding can't sleep because the other one's screaming. (laughs) So it was just pretty much like they didn't sleep. I didn't sleep and they were cranky until they would pass out because they were so exhausted. And so you just feel like it sucks because if I had one, I could do it, you know? And uh, it gets to the point where like, even with my mom would come and visit and she'd take one, I would feel like, to a normal person, it's probably like, okay, this is still hard. But to me, who has to deal with two all the time, I'm like, oh, this is a breeze having one. <laughs> but like, help me. Uh, but yeah, it's just, and it depends on the baby, I will say, because I've talked to twin moms who say that their singleton is way more difficult than their twins were. Um, it depends on their demeanor. And like my kids were the type that wanted to be up. They're very fussy. My son was kind of colicky. So it's kind of like if you have easygoing babies that kind of just more so sleep, which a lot of my friends did, um, it might not be so bad. But I had those people are lucky. So lucky. (laughs) I have so many friends, but they'd be like, my kid just sleeps all day. That's all. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) I I was like, man, I wish. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. I'm hoping these two are like that. Like you. I had a hard time last time. Give me a break, but we'll see. (laughs) (laughs) 
And that's so interesting because we both had like difficulty with the sleep and all of that Mm -hmm. stuff. Our kids have some interesting things in common. And I, I really wonder how much of it is genetics because, well, for people listening um, of the 10 kids, because I'm not counting the boys because we don't know what they look like yet, um, but <laughs> all of them have the same eyes and the same cheeks. Yeah, and they're just those so, eyes. <laughs> so adorable. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, and then they've also been early talkers. So I think that that's also genetic. I think that that's really cool. Um, Do you talk to the twins about their siblings? I do. They have no clue what I'm talking about. (laughs) (laughs) But they do. I'll like point out pictures like when I'm on Facebook or like if something comes across my screen on Instagram with Eli. Like, oh look, you know, but they they don't know what I'm talking about. (laughs) (laughs) So uh for the but I do try to introduce it. I I do have a few books once you know they're more attentive and wanting to learn. But for now it's just kind of like something I bring up but they're not really understanding yeah I mean our kids are not two yet so no. but with Eli I do point them out and I say brother and sister and so he says those words and he's very interested in what they're doing like when you post videos on Instagram he's mm-hmm. interested in watching what they're doing but I think it's more so because they're another kid like him so yeah. he wants to see what they're doing but it'll be so interesting to see how they interact um, when we meet oh I can't wait yeah <laughs> take so many pictures oh my gosh definitely <laughs> so what advice would you give to other people who are considering becoming single moms by choice um I guess try your best to have a realistic idea of the costs after birth um I was lucky enough to where it didn't it didn't feel like like it changed my life financially too much you don't need as many things as you think you need a lot of things I bought went to waste or I never used you know it's Mm. first time mom it's kind of hard to give that advice because you're so excited you're gonna buy it regardless (laughs) but there's a lot you don't need and as long as you have the love there you can do it but just make sure to check, you know, like diaper prices, look up how much you might need for per month at each stage and just kind of have a plan. Um, other than that, I mean, I can't, I kind of jumped into it really quick. So I didn't prepare that long. Um, but I think that's something that I think would be a good idea to do. Um, other than that, like if you don't have a support system, work on building one, you know, reach out to more people. I'm not very social. So I became a little more social just to like really kind of build my support system up. And, uh, but those are the two main things I do a lot kind of just like on my own though. So it can be done. Yeah, I agree with you. We're very similar in that way. Um, Mm -hmm. and I always tell people, plan ahead for the cost because kids are expensive you hear that all the time but then you don't really actually know what that looks like Mm -hmm. and an example would be daycare you'd be like 
daycare is expensive. Okay, well, how expensive is it actually? So actually look at the prices for things. Um, that really helps. And then the support system is just absolutely invaluable. But um, we tend to just kind of keep doing things on our own because now we're used to doing it. We've been doing it for almost two years. Yeah. Are you going to change <laughs> anything up when you have the boys? Uh, well, I know in, uh, with Rio and Ryder, I never asked for help. Uh, people would always be like, let me know if you ever want me to come over for a day. And like, I could take one baby, you take one baby. And that way you have help, whatever. I never asked, even if I was like at my wit's end. I said, I'm not doing that this time. No, <laughs> oh, good. I, I, I just, I, I, I just, you know, I, I genuinely love my babies with all my heart I had a lot of fun but I did not enjoy that first six months I thought it was difficult difficult yeah. difficult so um, I was like I'm not going to put myself through that because it's going to be even harder because I'm going to have mm-hmm. go through the same thing and I'm going to have toddlers so right everyone who's offered that to me throughout my pregnancy I've told them I will for sure be texting you so don't instantly <laughs> tell me this this is do don't say it again if you don't mean it because I will be texting you like come over so I do plan to change that be more open to accepting help um but I think that's a lot of people's problem in the beginning there's a stigma that if you can't handle it or you have to ask for help it looks like you can't handle it especially because a lot of people give unsolicited advice in the beginning mm-hmm. and you're so sensitive when you first give birth because all your emotions are all over the place mm-hmm. um so it's like when people do that even in kindness it kind of makes you feel like you're being criticized and so you just kind of want to do it all on your own right. um, and that's that's as much as I like being independent, I feel like I put myself through a lot of stress doing that versus just accepting the help. Well, and I the will, <laughs> I will let you know that if we were there, I would come and I would help out and the kids could play together and do their thing. <laughs> that would have been awesome. We're states <laughs> apart. <laughs> I know. I know. All right, so let's go ahead and wrap up. Is there anything else that comes to mind that you'd like to share before we end? No, no, I can't think of anything. Okay, so um, what about your social media? Where can people follow along with your journey? Um, I am on Instagram. My username is uh, waiting on a wish. So I'm there. I do post about my kids and everything like that. The new babies will be there whenever they arrive. I am so excited. Oh my goodness. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thank you, Destiny, for joining me. Yeah, no problem. Thank you for having me. Thank you for joining me today. Remember, you can check out new episodes every Monday and Friday. If you haven't already, please pop over to the website at healthywealthyroots.org. You can follow me on Instagram at healthywealthyroots. And I am now on Clubhouse at HWR. That's for Healthy Wealthy Roots, of course. Now you can also send in a voice message. The link for that is on the website and I may play it on the show. Remember, our future grows from healthy, wealthy roots. 
On the next episode, I'll be talking about what the first therapy session is like. If you've ever wondered what meeting with a psychologist or a counselor is like and what you can expect, this episode will be for you. This podcast offers only a look at what I'm doing and is not meant to substitute the results you can get from working one-on-one with a professional.